Welcome to Day Zero Update for January 16th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. And I'm Brandon Perkins. Yeah, we are short one Dan Reb. He has some stuff going on. Birthday stuff, well, you know. Yeah, he will not be here today. Uh, but we do have uh, plenty of content here Oh yeah, to talk about. Uh, let me see. We know what the next year of Hitman 3 content is going to look like. Yep. Uh, we got some releases coming out here in the next couple of months that mm-hmm. you may or may not be interested in. But Yeah, uh, let's be honest. The next couple of months are going to be jammed-packed with stuff. So yeah, February so, especially is going to be just crammed with releases. So, yeah, prepare yourselves. <laughs> yeah, uh, that'll be... Uh, fun to see. Uh, we have a game that was supposed to be coming out here earlier in the year getting delayed. So yep. that'll free up some space there. Uh, we got one manufacturer of consoles planning to produce more of their last-gen consoles, and the other one stopping will tell you which is which. Mm. Uh, we got a big mobile acquisition by one yep. of the major publishers. And uh, we'll tell you something cool you could do on your GBA here at the end. Uh So uh, that'll be kind of the gist of what's going on here. But before we get to that, uh, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. Uh, I will start here. Mm -hmm. I've been playing some more Yakuza Like a Dragon. I'm in Chapter 5, where things are going down. Uh Uh, The game has kind of opened up a bit more now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now I have the... uh, part-time hero section mm-hmm. of the, the menus opening up that uh, has some cool stuff there. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, what is it? The, it has, you know, essentially like a list of challenges for you mm-hmm. to do uh, as well as some more side questy stuff, but generally I've been taking the time to do all the sub stories in the game. Cause they're all generally pretty good. Mm. Uh, especially the one with the uh, the men pretending to be babies, hmm. completely with diapers and all that. Uh, that were part of uh, one of the Yakuza families. They decided to hassle somebody who was actually getting formula for their child, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's a whole probably one of the more iconic sub stories that people have uh, shown off a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some, been some other fun stuff. I think one of the ones I recently did was involving uh, this guy that was uh, this homeless guy who uh, had the the hots for the girl that was doing the soup kitchen stuff mm-hmm. uh, nearby, and you were helping him sort of figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's uh, that's some pretty good stuff. There's also one where. Uh, this other homeless guy, you see this crawfish on the bridge that you kind of kick off of there into the water. This guy's like, oh, that was my that was my pet Nancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, why'd you do that? Kind of thing. And, all, and you go find it for find uh, Nancy for him mm-hmm. uh, conveniently in this place where a bunch of crawfish are at. So you have to kind of go into like a weird first person mode to inspect them based on the clues that you were given. Yeah, or which one's the specific one? You go and take a take her back, and he's like, "All right, we're gonna cook her." He's like, "What?" <laughs> he's like, "I, I kind of grew attached to Nancy." 
He's like, oh, you got to get me some sushi then. I was like, sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, specific kind of sushi. I had to go pretty far away for that for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was uh, a fun little thing. Uh, now that's one of my summons, mm-hmm. the Nancy the Crawfish. So that's fun. I can call mm-hmm. that in. Uh, I helped a dude that uh, only had suds on him because mm-hmm. he was at a soapland and had gotten a call that his grandma had sort of passed out. And so he ran out of the place mm. uh, without his clothes and stuff. Uh, couldn't get back in because he was naked and they do not allow that in soap lands. Uh, mm. At least outside of the, the specific room you're in. As you learn yeah. to guide him around the city away from people that are just randomly spraying water around the place. Mm. To a clothing shop, so he can get clothes. Mm-hmm. And even then, you have to explain, like, no, he's not a pervert. Uh, though he is a pervert, uh, uh, he's trying to get to his to the hospital, and he ran out of the bath too fast. Mm-hmm. That kind of weird shit. Uh, but yeah, this the weird thing is, this game has a lot of stuff going on in it. There's mm-hmm. like bonding stuff with people in your party mm-hmm. that. That kind of just goes, uh, you kind of fill up a meter and you have to go to the specific bar to talk with them about this storyline that they mm-hmm. come up with. Uh, and so every time it fills up, uh, you can you have to go back to sort of level up their relationship with them. That allows them to do more, like they'll add on to an attack you're doing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like combo attack kind of stuff. There's... There's a lot of weird stuff going on in this, and then the the part time hero thing is like very much like a gig economy kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, here's people you can go and help out, uh, as well as others. Like, I need you to get me some stuff, mm. uh, but they're like things that are random drops, I think. Uh, so it's like, oh, I just got to keep running around and finding stuff to put in there. Mm. Uh, hopefully, is one of the things they want. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there's not many that are super time sensitive. I think it's just the, there's like urgent ones for people that are about to get like mugged by, uh, narrative wells, you know, that kind of stuff, which at this point, my crew is pretty strong. So it's not, uh, too much of a worry about getting roughed up by people at times, but there's like, there's someone's like, I just beat up 10 of these kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody morphs into a different form when you go to fight them. So it's like, I don't know what's going to turn into this, that kind of stuff. Uh, the other annoying thing is that is it's this huge list of stuff and you have to keep constantly pausing the menu to go back to that section to look at it. Cause you can't mm-hmm. track anything like you can, you know, the missions or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the main, the main sort of stuff you're doing. So yeah, that's kind of like the, one of the flaws, but yeah, I'm in chapter five still, enjoying it a lot, enjoying these sort of story moments and all that. So I'm looking forward to put more time into it uh, as we go. But yeah, I like that. The point I'm at, mm-hmm. uh, two of my party members just have sex toys that they're beating people up with. <laughs> That's, yeah, I have a chance of giving them uh, shock mm. uh, attributes so they occasionally be paralyzed when they go to attack and don't do anything. So, you know, it's that kind of game. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, the other one I've been playing is Card Demolition Clicker. This is on PS4. I think it's also on Xbox and PC. It is a clicker type of game where the, the basic premise is that you are uh, shooting up cars until they blow up mm. kind of thing. Uh, is your kind of clicker thing. Uh, you have guns. Uh, usually mm-hmm. you're buying upgrades for them and up to a certain point. Those... You've maxed out the weapon and you have a chance to upgrade to a different weapon. Mm-hmm. So usually trying to get like an automatic so you can just kind of hold down the button to attack instead of just having to push for each shot. That kind of thing. But uh, this game just is it's an okay uh, clicker. It's not really doing anything that interesting. It's a bare bones PC uh, port to the consoles because you still have a uh, a cursor. Mm-hmm. Uh, for it, so that's uh, all sort of uh, cursor based, which is not really great to do with a controller. They didn't really change anything about the uh, the controls to make it work better on a mm-hmm. uh, con- uh, console. And the but I'm basically just trying to grind the the last trophy here, and then I'll have the platinum, and I'll be done with it because uh, the the cars don't really blow up too much, and there's a certain point where the the trophy I have to get is to buy the last weapon upgrade, which requires diamonds, which is sort of a uh, currency that bosses drop, but they can drop anywhere from like zero to three mm-hmm. at a time. So the best way to get them is kind of just to... So they have a sort of series of stages to go through in the endless mm-hmm. mode. Where you're kind of trying to go through as many like waves as you can. Uh, that's you get a lot of money out of that to buy upgrades for. You get three drones you can buy and a totem that increases some of your stats. Mm-hmm. But you get to a certain point where you can let the drones kind of do all the work for you. Uh, even so much so that you can have options that just like ah oh, just auto start when the boss fight comes up. Otherwise, it has a a prompt for you to do and then also have an auto restart so that even if you fail to beat the boss, it'll just automatically restart. So you can just other than have my controller sitting on the, the charger. So it's doesn't die. And mm-hmm. it's just grinding through this uh, wave, whatever wave it's on right now. I think it's wave 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have leaderboards. 24 is the lowest one that shows up on there. Uh, so, you know, I'll probably get up in on those leaderboards before I'm done. Mm-hmm. But from the uh, the guide I was seeing, uh, basically I have to get up to like 430 diamonds. And I'm almost at 300 right now. So mm-hmm. still got a ways to go. But every time you do a, a soft reset, you get uh, a bunch of uh, diamonds as relation this is like math equation. It gives you a simple math equation. It's like uh, for every 10 cars you've destroyed, you get a diamond. So you kind of want to grind up to like the eight or 900 amount. So you get a decent amount out of it. I'm just going to keep going past that hmm. uh, for that. But that's kind of been uh, what I've been doing here. Just kind of doing that and some Yakuza hmm. whenever I get bored of doing the grinding here. Because everything else I was able to get pretty quickly within like six or seven hours. And this one seems like it might be like six or seven hours at least of time just on the 
the grind. So it's mm-hmm. not it's not hard. It's just more more or less boring, and there's no real replay value like all the other good ones out there, or finite endpoint, I guess. That is satisfying. So this is just kind of like a eh, but they also charge for it, so it's not great on that part. But I paid like it was on sale during the holidays for like four bucks, something like that. So I was like, oh, that's fine enough. Mm-hmm. Check it out, see how it is. But uh, yeah, that has uh, been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Well, um, I got myself a Xbox Series S, which is the version of the Xbox, the newest version that is digital. It's slim. It's not the big black refrigerator version that the Series X is. It's all digital, and it's been pretty much... It's amazing, frankly. Uh, when I got it, and Dan Reb was the one who told me, Game Pass, that's all. And so I went up and signed up for Game Pass, and it was a damn good suggestion because... There is a crap ton of amazing stuff that you can get on Game Pass. And right now they're doing a thing where you can basically just sign up for $1 um, for like one month. And if you don't like it, you know, you can stop afterwards. Um, and it's amazing. Um, amongst other things, Halo Infinite, the entire Halo Infinite, the game, the campaign, the multiplayer, it's all on Game Pass. Um so I've been playing Halo Infinite, which looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I've also been playing Hades, uh, and I've also been playing Remnant from the Ashes, which is basically Dark Souls with guns. Um, Hades has probably been the one that's been taking up most of my time, mostly because of its game cycle, where you know you're, you know, obviously it's mostly procedurally generated and, you know, there's sort of random enemies and stuff, and that's all well and good, but it takes one of the parts of gaming that is normally the worst part of gaming, which is um, dying and having to go all the way back to the beginning, and actually makes that an enjoyable part of the experience because a lot of the story and character interaction happens at the beginning of the ge- at that beginning area. Um also, the game does a pretty good job of uh, helping you, you know, you know, sort of slowly but surely power up so that, you know, you, you know, earlier parts of the of the game were not as much of a chore as they are. Um, I've gotten as far as pretty close to, not quite to the boss of Elysium, but I've gotten pretty... Uh, far into Elysium, and then after that is supposed to be Sticks. Um, uh, yeah, so I've been doing that. Remnant, which again, like I said, it's basically uh, post-apocalyptic blood soul, uh, post-apocalyptic Dark Souls with guns. You know, it's good for what it is. And Halo Infinite, which again is gorgeous and has you know both multiplayer and the campaign all there for the taking. Um, I've got like. I've already downloaded like a bunch of other stuff. Like I've loaded, like I've downloaded like Hellblade and uh, the Outer Wilds and uh, the first two Dead Space games. So I'm pretty set for the next couple weeks. Um, yeah, that's what I've been playing. All right. So yeah, let's get to the news of the week. Mm-hmm. 
one of the, the big things that got shown off earlier this week is Hitman 3's Year 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a stream earlier this week sort of showing off uh, what a number of the features and such they're adding to the game over this uh, this year mm-hmm. are going to be. And so, yeah, they, they have some pretty cool stuff here. So we knew there was this uh, thing called the Elusive Target Arcade. Mm-hmm. As a new mode they were adding, they they showed it off. Uh, let's see. It takes the elusive target concept to the next level, mixes up the formula, introduces new challenges, and unlock rewards, mm-hmm. all while keeping the essence of what makes the elusive targets exciting and interesting to play. Uh, so yeah, the, the big changes here. Each arcade contract now tasks you with taking down consecutive elusive targets, one contract mm-hmm. after the other. Uh, each one must be completed to proceed to the next. There are additional mm-hmm. complications added to the contract as well. So kind of changing things up a little bit. If you fail an arcade contract at any point, there will be a 12-hour lockout before you can retry the contract again. From the start, this lockout enables us to keep the high-stakes gameplay. This hallmark of the elusive targets. Mm-hmm. And giving players a clear indication of when they're able to play a particular elusive target again. Let's see, arcade contracts are... Uh, permanent additions to Hitman 3, so once we add one to the game, they won't go away. Mm-hmm. And it gives players a chance to engage and play elusive target content more frequently. And new challenge for longtime players for that stuff, so that's pretty cool. So that'll be there on January 20th, mm-hmm. uh, when you t- year two content starts showing up. Yeah, they have three arcade c- contracts there, so... Mm-hmm. One with uh, each one with elusive targets from a specific game in the world of Assassination Trilogy. So stuff from the first game, the second, and then the third for those. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. And they'll be planning to add more as time goes on. So that's pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on January 20th, they're bringing Hitman VR to PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play all the maps from each of the games. All right. Uh, with that, uh, let's see. Yeah, they say they're supporting the, supporting the most popular hardware mm-hmm. for the best experience to as many players as possible. So yeah, this is not really sticking to any one particular headset, so that's uh, good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like the yeah, the hands are sort of separate. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, I don't know, the way the video they have here shows. But because the, the one on PlayStation, they only offered support for the DualShock. Mm-hmm. For, for control, so you're moving both hands at once, and that a little bit, a little bit of a weird thing. But uh, now you'll be able to have uh, a bit more options there when it's on PC VR. Uh, they'll have full details on what hardware they're supporting uh, shortly before launch. Mm. Let's see. Later in 2022, they are adding ray tracing and other upgrades to their tech for the PC versions mm-hmm. of the game. So that's pretty cool. You have ray tracing on all the maps for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so let's see. They are also re-releasing the game as Hitman Trilogy on January 20th. So if you mm-hmm. uh, have not bought the game yet or any of the others, uh, you can buy, I assume it's a $60 package for that. Uh, yeah. I'll give you... All the content from Hitman 1, 2, and 3 in it. Yep. Yeah, PlayStation, Xbox, and Epic Games Store, as well as Steam, mm-hmm. uh, for those 
I think it's finally coming to Steam uh, for the first time, so that's why I don't mention it there up front. Uh, but yeah, let's see. It's going to also have the... Uh, yeah, it'll be on Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass on January 20th, so if you haven't checked out uh, any of those uh, games, you can check that out on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Starting on, I think it'll be Thursday. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, let's see, they're also uh, later this spring, they're adding Hitman Freelancer, which is a brand new single player mode that introduces roguelike elements, strategic mm-hmm. planning, and a customizable safe house. Mm. So yeah, they show off the, the safe house here, Agent 47 safe house, mm. uh, which is, let's see, as customizable as you choose exactly what type of Hitman you are. But yeah, that's uh, going to be fun to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, after exploring the safe house, it's time to get to work. You have a mission hub where you can view all the currently available freelancer campaigns, each one representing criminal enterprises prominent across the world of assassination. So it's mm. entirely your choice which campaign you pick, and each one will take you on a globetrotting campaign to a selection of locations. Uh, you need to choose the order you want to play the missions. After each mission, return to the safe house to restock, resupply, and plan your next move. Okay, so it kind of brings it into a more cohesive campaign mm-hmm. of sorts. Uh, so you don't just necessarily start each mission, uh, you know, fresh, like nothing's happened before. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of neat. Uh, yeah, the campaign mission's being re- reworked to fit this mode. Uh, some locations will have new NPC types that can help or hinder your progress. Suppliers will offer a selection of weapons and items that you can acquire to increase your chances of success and all this kind of yeah, this fun little stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll be able to find safes and hidden stashes and other NPC assassins mm-hmm. as well. Now, your gear is not persistent. Anything you bring on a mission and don't bring back to the safe house will be lost. You thought you were attached to your silver baller before. Wait until you left it in Dartmoor and it's gone for good. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for gear to suppliers. One way to restock your inventory or replace a lost treasure. Yeah, consumables also need to be replaced, like your explosives and syringes and all that kind of stuff. So that's pretty neat. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. Yeah, they shut off a new map. Uh, codename Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, just more of a teaser, but you know, very Rocky. Uh, like canyon area with a big bridge in it mm-hmm. for all that kind of fun stuff. So, yeah, this looks pretty cool. I'm excited for this. Um, I'm not sure. I think I think all the modes and such are going to be free, but the maps I assume will not. Mm-hmm. They don't mention anything about prices here, but I assume uh, later this week they will post any other sort of information you need to know mm-hmm. uh, for that stuff. So that's pretty cool it's pretty exciting mm-hmm. see them kind of get some more content in there as they say they uh the first year was sort of the most successful game they've ever had mm-hmm. for any game they've worked on i think and so this is uh good news they're continuing to invest in that for that so that's great news mm-hmm. uh, also great news is final fantasy 14 is finally returning 
Yeah. Uh, to sale on January 25th. Yeah, after several weeks of basically being taken off because they were just getting too many new users and it was blocking up the servers. Yeah. Yeah, they basically took down, I think, all the, the complete edition versions of the game. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff for new users to get into and the, the free trial and all that. So mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, digital sales will resume on January 25th. Uh, let's see. As I say here, let's see. However, in the event servers continue to experience extreme levels of congestion, we may consider suspending digital sales again. Mm-hmm. Be aware that certain worlds are experiencing high server traffic at peak times. While some may consider this decision to resume sales to be premature, we ask for your understanding in this matter. Uh, Japanese mm-hmm. data centers are being expanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it seems like when a Realm Reborn released in 2013, there were three logical data centers for 32 worlds. Uh, now they'll increase that to four. Mm. Or the number of worlds will remain the same. Mm-hmm. The added logical data center means that the servers can handle simultaneous logins for all worlds by an increased number of 50,000 or more. Mm-hmm. So they're hoping that'll be enough to cover the sort of peak uh, traffic they'll be getting. Mm. Uh, two-phase server expansion is planned for North America starting in August of 2022. Second one to be implemented the following spring or summer. First phase will add one new logical data center into which there will be four new worlds. Mm-hmm. The second phase of the expansion plan to add four worlds to the established logical DC, resulting in a four logical mm-hmm. DC configuration of 8888. So is mulling another even larger patch uh, even larger upgrade for patch 7.0. These plans materialize more details will be announced. Mm. They're just doing a similar thing for Europe starting in July. Uh, Oceanin uh, data mm-hmm. uh, center will open on January 25th. So one just for Australia, New Zealand and those areas around there. Mm-hmm. Currently suspended home world transfer service will return on the 26th of January. Mm-hmm. So if you need to move around, you can do that. Uh, let's see. The data center travel system is planned for the 6.1 X patch. Mm. So they're working for that patch in the, the near future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're still still doing some work on this. Hopefully that helps out. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see in a week or so. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, that is finally going to be happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, also happening soon, the Switch will be getting uh, some more Assassin Assassin's Creed games mm-hmm. in the form of the Ezio Collection, which has Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations, mm-hmm. uh, all with enhanced visuals and spi- uh, Switch-specific features. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, they've added... Support for HD Rumble, a touchscreen interface, and an optimized HUD. Mm. Uh, that'll be forty bucks for the collection. Mm. Uh, so there you yeah. go. Yeah, those uh, games are definitely you know at least until um, you know Odyssey, they're probably the better games in the series. Yeah, uh, those and maybe Black Flag, mm-hmm. maybe Syndicate. I think are the other ones that are Syndicate's all right. People have any sort of fondness for mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. So there's uh, something to check out next month for the Switch. Mm-hmm. 
uh, coming out March 1st for all the PlayStations, Xboxes, Switch, and PC is Far Changing Tides. Mm-hmm. This is the sequel to Far Alone Sales that came out a few years ago. Yep. Uh, an indie game where you're kind of piloting this uh, ship, mm-hmm. uh, sort of filling it up with fuel and uh, keeping it going, trying to get up hills and uh, deciding when to put up and pull down sails and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as occasionally exploring uh, around the world, mm-hmm. uh, usually for ways to allow your ship to get past obstacles or finding stuff for your ship, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, this one looks to have more uh, stuff going on. As some of the the video stuff they show here is like your ship is underwater, mm-hmm. uh, so you get to explore some underwater cities and other uh, sort of. Uh, Remnants of humanity and civilization. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So the new checkouts there in March. Mm-hmm. Also happening in March uh, near the end is Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Now has a release date of March 25th. Mm-hmm. The sort of first 3D platformer uh, in the series mm-hmm. uh, for Kirby, which looks to be pretty interesting with the way they're. Yeah. Uh, setting this up. I am legitimately interested how a you know, free roaming three dimensional uh concept successfully. Um Yeah. Yeah, because I mean our, I mean ideally they could kind of crib a lot of what Mario Odyssey did. But you know, we'll have to see, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they also note here that it's the 30th anniversary of the Kirby series. Mm-hmm. And so that there is potentially going to be some stuff happening as a result of that. Mm-hmm. The only thing they mention here is you can download a wallpaper that they link to here. So, you know, there you go. Your 30th anniversary Kirby. Mm-hmm. Wallpaper, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Well, they've mm-hmm. been kind of weirdly tweeting, like, uh, here's some of the the morph stuff he has. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, these are not that crazy. Uh, the drill and the ranger copy abilities stuff that's been in there for a while. Oh yeah. Although uh, now they have one that's a gun, but mm-hmm. shoots stars, uh, bullets. Yeah. So. Yeah, doing their thing, and you can even see mm-hmm. the gun on the the top part of this article. Uh, so, you know, it's a very Kirby kind of gun mm-hmm. there. But, yeah, and you have like a little hub area called Waddle Dee Town. Mm-hmm. And it's surprisingly filled with Waddle Dees. Yeah. That you are kind of rescuing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so they'll have shops and such that open up as you go. So that's how they're going to add more stuff there. Yeah. That's uh, surprising, you know. I mean that that's a surprising sort of switch away from what they normally do. You know, a bunch of Kirby games is you just basically slaughtering Waddle Dees in mass. So, yeah, <laughs> there's apparently something new to kill and eat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that. That is uh, Kirby. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the last bit of news is that Stalker Two: Heart of Chernobyl has been delayed to December eighth. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to launch in April. Yeah, pushed about uh, eight months, seven yeah. months or so. Yeah, 
as I mentioned here, these additional seven months of development are needed to fulfill our vision and achieve mm-hmm. the desired state of the game. Stalker 2 is the biggest project in the history of GSC, and it requires thorough testing and polishing. We are convinced that development should take as long as necessary, especially in the care of such a project. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. That'll be coming out on a similar time frame that Halo Infinite did this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, like, the Stalker series, kind of started out as like a cult hit in Eastern Europe, and then it just kind of blew up and became kind of a worldwide thing. I've never played any of them. I've been told they're nice. You know, they're, they're basically, F, you know, fast-paced FPS games. Yeah, sort of first-person horror kind of games. Mm-hmm. With take place in and around kind of the... Uh, yeah, they take place in the Zone of Exclusion around... Chernobyl. It's uh, yeah. I, I've been uh, I've been told they're good. I've just never gotten around to playing any of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. That is the last of the dates we have here. We do have some other stuff to talk about, particularly the next big battle royale game that has been mm-hmm. announced: My Hero Academia Ultra Rumble. Uh, Free-to-play Battle Royale coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC from Bandai Namco. Yeah, uh, honestly, if there is a franchise where a Battle Royale format is actually appropriate, it's definitely that one. Yeah. Not only because you've got tons and tons and tons of characters to play, but just overall, you know, it just fits thematically. Yep. Looks like you get to inhabit uh, one of the main characters in the series. Maybe go around helping people and fighting off uh, other heroes, probably villains as well. There's not really much in the way of details right now, but they are doing a closed beta test at some point. Mm-hmm. I said that might be just Japan only, but as for now, they've shown all night. Shoto Todoroki, Katsuki, Bakugo, and of course, Izuki Midoriya. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 24-player Rumble. So there you go. That'll be something I assume it's going to come out later this year. They don't really mention any dates or anything. But there's that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the as the the new Xbox and Playstations are having a hard time getting onto store shelves, uh, companies are... That is underselling, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Microsoft and Sony have interesting ways of dealing with that. Sony is reportedly making about a million more PS4s to put on shelves. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that want to jump onto the PS4 train. Mm-hmm. So that's good news for that. Probably not too much more they're going to do for the PS4, but... Mm. Uh, they are at least investing in more of that. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, get something to people that are desperate for any console mm-hmm. there. And on the Xbox side, they are officially done making Xbox One consoles. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the One S was the only one they were still making mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, and they've officially dropped that. Mm. 
Yeah, they stopped manufacturing the Xbox One X and Xbox One S All Digital Edition mm-hmm. in July of last year or mm-hmm. 2020. Yep. But the series or uh, the the Xbox One S still continue on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as they've said, they are focusing on production of Xbox Series X and S. Mm-hmm. So they've stopped. Uh, all production of that stuff by the end of 2020. Mm. So yeah, no more worrying about Xbox Ones anymore. Mm-hmm. For the good and bad that that there is for that. Yeah. You know, it was an alright console, but honestly, the PS4 just kind of outranked it in about everything, so... <laughs> yeah, and it kind of is just an alright thing to have. Mm-hmm. But the Series S is kind of the the better option if you have the money for that. Yeah, yeah, that is easier to get than the other consoles mm. at this point. So there's that. Mm. Uh, and we got big acquisition news. Take Two Interactive has acquired mm-hmm. uh, mobile giant Zynga mm-hmm. for twelve point seven billion dollars. Yeah, that is a lot of. <laughs> Yeah, and they seem to suggest that kind of a key aspect of this is helping them make better mobile versions of their franchises. Mm-hmm. Which, Ed, it is kind of surprising they don't have, like, a mobile GTA online. Mm-hmm. For as much as everything else, kind of, every other version of that does so well for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never really got into the mobile game for that. Mm-hmm. Like there is NBA 2K on mobile, but never really hear too much about that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're kind of getting their hooks into the mobile space and getting yeah. one of the bigger names out there that mm-hmm. is, uh, I guess, going to help them adapt their properties for mobile. Yeah. Make more money that way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they're saying the transaction is scheduled to be completed during the first quarter of Take mm-hmm. Two's fiscal year 2023, which ends June 30th of this year. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. So I know a lot of people may not remember, you know, like Zynga has sort of still done really well, but they've kind of remained under the. Years ago, they were the casual gaming company. Yeah, with Farmville, Words with Friends. Yeah, also, but didn't they also do Mafia Wars as well? I don't know. I don't know who that was. I, I know, you know, basically back in the day when, you know, when casual gaming first became like a big thing on social media, they were the company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they didn't necessarily stay that way. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, King kind of... Stole their lunch, basically. Yeah, and then you got like the PUBG and these other games, Call of Duty, mm-hmm. kind of jumping in uh-huh. with their own things. It took uh, a lot of their mm-hmm. shares away. That was stuff like Farmville. That was more of a Facebook game. Whereas with Friends was more of a mobile game. So, but now I mm-hmm. believe they've shut down Farmville, and then they have Farmville Two. Mm-hmm. Probably better suited to. Take all of your money if you will allow them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's more money than you know Bethesda. Mm-hmm. 
as I mentioned on uh, Let's Weekend, that's three Star Warses and or three Marvels or any mm-hmm. any mixture of that. Yep. Which is wild and just goes to show that like the however big you think mobile companies are, mm-hmm. they are probably bigger than you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. And uh yeah, lastly here mm-hmm. uh something cool that uh was put out there a project called Open Lara that mm-hmm. is an open source version of uh the first Tomb Raider mm-hmm. that somebody has made work on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. So you can see like a, a little gif of it there. Uh mm-hmm. this was a YouTube video showing off I think the the person here, XP Roger, mm-hmm. has been the one that has been working on this port. I uh, wasn't sure if they could, if he could uh, even get Tomb Raider working on GBA, but mm-hmm. did some work and got this alpha version that has just the first three stages. Yeah. See, much how, you know, there are people basically trying to get get it so that you can basically play Doom on any kind of machinery you can think of. There's also a similar community trying to do the, do that with the first Tomb Raider, and the thing is, technology has advanced to the point now where it's completely possible. <laughs> yeah, and this Open Lara project, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah, this GitHub page suggests that it works on mm-hmm. yeah, GBA 3DO, uh, Windows Phone 8, I think this is mm-hmm. uh, Vita, Android. I'm not sure what Nix is. Uh, Xbox One, Switch, mm-hmm. the original Xbox, the 3DS, uh, and a bunch of other stuff you can get it working mm-hmm. on if you need to. So, yeah, all run by this one person, XP Roger, or XP mm-hmm. Roger, I don't know how they pronounce their name. But yeah, you can look at some of this stuff and see how it works out pretty well. Mm hmm. Especially for a system that was not too keen on the mm-hmm. 3D games. There's usually a lot of trickery for that stuff. Yeah. And it still has a lot of the, the a lot of graphical things going on that mm-hmm. makes it look worse than like the PS1 version. Mm. You can see a lot of weird stuff going on with the, the textures and all that. Oh yeah. As it's like, oh we should not be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you go back and play those original games, you totally realize why they went back and decided to remake a bunch of them. Because, man, they have not aged well. Yeah, I don't know that they even aged well then. Well, you have to remember back then that a lot of it was about the power of imagination. (laughs) Yeah, but even the controls are kind of... Oh, yeah, the controls were ass. I I will not lie. Um, I mean, I understand what they were trying to go, th- go through with the controls. It, they were way too ambitious for what the tech allowed at that time period, though. Yeah, it was like that, and Resident Evil were like, yeah, this does not make any sense if you were not there at the time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the, the, those weird, yeah, those weird tank controls, really. And the thing with the Tomb Raider was that, you know, at least with Resident Evil, you know, you go forward, you go back, 
And, you know, there wasn't, like, any crazy acrobatics or any shit like that. Not with Tomb Raider. Oh, there was a bunch of acrobatics and lots of ways to uh, kill yourself because those games had fall damage. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was very unforgiving with the fall damage. Yeah, they were trying to be somewhat realistic there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh it's a product of its era where people hadn't figured out how to do 3D mm. games and how to control them properly. Yeah, like you know, this was uh, I'm pretty sure did was Nintendo was Mario was Super Mario 64 out yet or was Tomb Raider first? Uh, I'd have to double check. It might have been out on Saturn first. Cuz those two games are very much like an example of like the the two different ways people approached, you know, 3D games at that time period, because the concept was still so new for a lot of people. You have to remember, most people, their their entire experience when it came to gaming was going from the, le- the left side to the right side. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, you had this entire field of possibility before you, and it was really hard for some people to adapt to it. Yeah. So I guess let's see. It came out on Saturn in Europe, October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six. Mm-hmm. Super Mario sixty four was in Japan, June twenty third, nineteen ninety six. In North America, September twenty ninth. So roughly around the same time. Yeah, a couple of months difference. Yeah. Um. But yeah, back then, you know, they just they hadn't figured out how to 3D just yet. Obviously, you know, Mario 64 kind of became the standard that a lot of them decided to adhere to because it had the, you know, the most compliant controls, I guess you could say. Um, of course, they still had to figure out how to deal with the camera, but that's that's yeah. another that's another thing entirely. Yep. And yeah, with the the Tomb Raider stuff, that is not a 3D console. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that was forced into there at the last minute. Because mm-hmm. they saw like, oh shit, PlayStation can do 3D, like real 3D. Mm-hmm. We were just hoping to do better 2D. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to get some hardware into this. And so, yeah, it's 3D stuff. Maybe doesn't work super well. Yeah. And then his controller is all 2D based. There's no mm-hmm. sticks or anything mm-hmm. there. I think it's just, uh, what was it, a stick and like six buttons on the face? Yep. Two shoulders. Uh, and so, that yeah, stick maybe, was pretty abrasive, too. Yeah, it was like a D pad stick, like a thing you could sort of rock around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nothing super precise outside of the games that maybe. Mm-hmm were best on it, but it got to PlayStation and that's where it kind of really started to shine mm. there because you know, it had a specific D-pad for those moves, you know, four shoulder buttons. I don't... The game was also kind of a mess in the way the control scheme was set up. Mm-hmm. It was kind of ahead of its time, I guess. Because mm-hmm. that had come around the time that the, the, dual, the dual analog controller came out for the PS1. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been... Uh, had some different opportunities. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a neat thing. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. on a a normal 32 meg GBA cartridge. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with thirty with three levels that are available in it right now. So that's a pretty impressive project there, mm-hmm. especially for a system that is, you know, D pad, two face buttons, and uh, two shoulder mm. shoulder buttons. I don't know, mm-hmm. and, you know, start and select buttons. Nothing too much in the way of flexibility there and controls. Mm. Uh, even less than what PlayStation offered them or the the Saturn did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but you can go check it out if you want. Mm-hmm. Try it in emulators or your own GBA if you have the the right sort mm-hmm. of tools for that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think that'll be it for the show this week. Mm-hmm. A little bit uh, shorter than usual, but we're still in the early parts of the year. Mm-hmm. Not much is going on at this point. Uh, and we are awaiting the onslaught of releases here in the next few mm-hmm. weeks. So, yeah, that is kind of what is going on here mm-hmm. for the time being. So, yeah, thank you, Brandon, for joining this week. Always. Uh, we will be back next week with a new slate of news. And if you enjoy the show, feel free to spread word mm-hmm. to friends and families and select strangers mm-hmm. uh, that will not call the cops on you for yelling at them about podcasts. exactly. But yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next week and we'll see you all next time.